Well, good morning, everybody. It's winter time again. <laughs> uh, uh, Brother Jerry has been preaching a series on uh, your thought life, your thought life, how we can control our thought life. And so this morning he had asked me if I would share some scriptures, you know, uh, his gift is preaching, my gift is teaching, and so I'm just going to go through some of the greatest scriptures in the Bible on how to control your thoughts. Uh, everything in our life, where we are right now, it's because of how we think. We are where we are because of how we think. It has nothing to do with our circumstances growing up, because there's people that's had horrible circumstances that have wonderful lives. And then there are children that grew up with a wonderful childhood and have horrible lives. It's how you think about it. It's how you think, you take the Word of God and you transform your life with the truth of God. So we're going to look at some scriptures on how to do that. Winning the battle over our evil thoughts and over our wrong thoughts. And although they come out of our head and they sound like it's us that's talking... It's really not from us. You know it's from the enemy. The enemy that hates God and that hates us. And his only purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy you and me every single day. And he does it with our thoughts. He does it with our thought life. So the first scripture we're going to look at is Philippians 2, 5, which says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we're we're going to quote that a lot. Let that mind be in you. Jesus is mine. Mine meaning his thoughts. Let Jesus' thoughts be your thoughts. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared, and good things, God don't do bad things, the good things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? Is he talking to you? Okay. And then a lot of people stop right there, especially preachers that are preaching funeral messages. And they say, oh, we can't imagine, we can't imagine. But then they don't read the next scripture. But the next scripture says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. So we know Good, all the good things that God has prepared. Our eyes have never seen them. Our ears have never heard them. We couldn't even think them up on our own. But the Holy Spirit reveals them to us if we allow Him to control our thoughts. If we allow the Holy Spirit to control what we think, He is always speaking good and wonderful things that God wants to do for us and always showing us things that we can't even imagine. He can do exceedingly, abundantly above anything we can ask or think. Now, we can think of some pretty good things, can't we? Think of the greatest thing that you would like to do today to happen to you. And then He can do way more than that. Way greater than anything that we can think. But see, if we don't let him have control of our thoughts and control of our mind, do you know what we think all the time? We think bad thoughts. We think fearful thoughts. Fearful things are going to happen to us. People are mad at us. People don't like us. 
We're not going to be able to pay our bills. We're never going to get the house we want. We're never going to get the car we want. Our kids won't do what we want them to. That's the kind of things we think, right? All the time. Because we let circumstances control our thinking, and we don't have this mind in us that was in Jesus Christ. Okay. In First uh, Corinthians two sixteen, it says, But we have the mind of Christ. When you got saved, you got access to the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ. But whether or not we let it control our thoughts, it's not up to the Holy Spirit and it's not up to us, right? I mean, up to Jesus. It's completely up to us whether we are going to let the Spirit of God and Jesus control our thoughts. Okay? Uh, in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If he thinks angry thoughts, he's an angry man or woman. If he thinks fearful thoughts, she's a fearful man or woman. If she thinks uh, anxious thoughts, worry, worry, worry all the time, then we're a worry person. And so we have to control. And then the worst kind of thoughts, the worst of all thoughts, are deception. Because, see, the Pharisees thought they were the most godly people on earth. Right? They were God's chosen people. They had the Word of God. They told everybody how to live. And they killed God. How deceived can anybody be? Have you ever met people that can quote more Scripture than you can even think of? I mean, it just rolls out of their mouth like water. And they're the most ungodly people you know. Have you ever met those kind of people? Huh? How many of you met those kind of people? And all they want to do is quote Scripture to you and tell you how sorry you are. And they are completely deceived. And the way you get that deceived is in James 1.22 it says, Be a doer of the word and not a hearer, deceiving yourself. If you know the word and you don't do the word, you deceive yourself. You deceive yourself. And see, that's the way the Pharisees were. They knew the word of God. But they did not love anybody but themselves. And so every thought they had was deception. You remember the parable of the two that went to the temple to pray and there was a, a tax collector that just hung his head down and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Pharisees over there said, oh, God, I go to church all the time. I pay my tithes. I, tithe, I fast every week. See, that is complete and total deception, even though you are full of the Word of God. It's doing the Word of God that keeps deception from controlling us. So, if you're thinking deceived thoughts all the time, like the Pharisees were, you're completely deceived. Completely deceived. Even though you may be thinking Scripture. Isn't that terrible how the devil does that? It's not thinking Scripture all the time. It's doing the Word of God. That keeps us from being deceived. But see, actions follow thoughts. So before we can do the Word of God, we have to think the Word of God. Have you ever been standing around talking to somebody and you start to say something and you just feel this tension, you don't say that? And then you go on to say it? How many of you do that besides me? See, the Holy Spirit will not make us obey God. The Holy Spirit just... Teaches us to obey God. He don't make us obey. So for us to think to have this mind in us that was in Christ, we have to 
know the Word of God and obey the Word of God and listen to the Holy Spirit when He says, don't say that and don't do that, but do this and do that. We have to listen to the Spirit of God. All right, James 1, 6, 8 says, If you need anything, ask in faith. It's talking about mostly wisdom, what to do. Ask in faith with no doubting. For if you doubt, you're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And do not let any man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. See, you cannot think faith one minute and doubt the next minute and get anything from God. See, because when you're thinking faith, which is the Word of God and obeying the Word of God, and you're thinking that, and then the doubt thought comes in and you stop and think that a little while. Well, I'm not really sure God can do that. And I don't think God should do this for that person because they're so mean, you know. And I can't really pay my tithes because I can't trust God to pay my bills. But then you get convicted and you go back to thinking faith thoughts again. Well, the Lord said, if I do pay my tithes, He'll open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing. If I do walk in love toward other people, that proves I'm a real Christian. And see, so if you're back and forth and back and forth, have this mind in you which was in Christ, you're not going to get anything from God. You're going to have to get rid of fearful, doubting thoughts. And you're going to have to have this mind in you that was Jesus. Do you think Jesus every day got up and said, well, I don't think I will go to the cross. And the next day he got up and said, oh, I think I will go to the cross. And the next day he said, I don't think I will go to the cross. I don't think I'll forgive Judas for what he did to me. It was just too bad. Then the next day, I think I will forgive Judas. You think Jesus thought like that? No. <laughs> Thank you, Thelma. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Do it just like Jesus did it. Think it just like Jesus thought it. All right, let's talk a minute about what hope is. In uh, Romans 12, uh, it says... um, Let me just read this whole section. It says, let brotherly love, let the way you love people be without hypocrisy. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't tell them you love them to their face and talk about them behind their back. Hate what is evil. You know, uh, in a lot of schools, they're teaching children that hate is a bad word. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Jesus used the word hate. Hate evil. Hate evil. Love people and hate evil. In fact, the Bible says if you love righteousness and hate evil, you will have joy more than anybody else. Okay, it says cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. You know, I actually looked that word up this week for the first time. I don't know how many times in the 50 years I've been saved, I've read that and never looked up what that word meant. I always thought it meant you prefer other people before yourself. Put other people. But that's not what it means. What it means is lead other people. That word there is lead. Take the lead. Wow. That changed that whole scripture for me. Uh, In honor, leading other people. Lead them in how to love. Lead them in how to think. Lead them in how to act. Do not be lazy in in your diligence. Be fervent in your spirit serving the Lord. And this is what I want to get to. Rejoice in hope. Patient when you're going through a battle. And always pray. Rejoice in hope. You know what hope is? Hope is always believing something good is going to happen. It's not positive confession. 
I told a lady one time she was real hooked on positive confession. She just went around making all these confessions all the time. And I said, you can sit in that tree and call yourself a bird until you turn blue. But you're not going to ever be a bird. God created you a human. Positive confession is not from God. Word confession is from God. You can quote the word until everything in it happens. You can quote it and believe it till it happens. But And I also saw that lady lay hands on somebody's car and claim it. <laughs> they call that group the name it, claim it. <laughs> but anyway, don't be dumb. You know, have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so hope is always believing God is going to do something good for you. And if we are always believing, let's see, I need a timekeeper. Oh, there it is, okay. If we're always believing that God is going to do something good for us, we can't be believing the devil's going to do something bad to us. Did you know it's a proven fact you can't think about two things at the same time? You can do something subconsciously without thinking about it. Like, for instance, you can be thinking about anything in the world while you're driving because you've driven so much you do it subconsciously. You don't think about it. You don't think about putting it in gear, turning on your lights. You just do it, right, subconsciously, while you're thinking about other things. But if somebody runs out in front of you, you quit thinking about those other things. Start thinking about your driving. Because it's proven you can only think about one thing at a time. So if you're thinking about the good thing that God's going to do for you all the time, you can't be thinking about the bad things the devils are going to do. If you're thinking about the promises that God's going to supply all your needs, you can't be worrying about if you're going to pay your bills. If you're thinking about how the angels are out protecting your family when they're not with you, you can't be worrying about something happening to them. You see? So if we have this mind in us that is in Christ Jesus, we have hope and we're always thinking. Do you think that when Jesus was here on earth, he was thinking that the devil was going to win? Do you think that he was thinking everything he was doing was in vain? That everybody hated him because he was a bad person? Do you think he was thinking those thoughts? Of course not. His constant thought was his father loved him. He could call for a, uh, how many legions of angels? With how many? I forgot. Right off. How many legions of angels? <laughs> was it a? He said I can call for so many legions of angels. How many Thelma? How many legions of angels did Jesus say he could call? <laughs> anyway, I need to read that again, huh? <laughs> and and he knew that he would always be protected until he was ready to lay his life down. He had he had the mind of Christ, the mind of God, thought, the thoughts of God in his mind at all times, and that's all he. And we can do the same thing. Okay, so the battlefield to win this victory is in our mind. It's not, you can't blame it on your circumstances. You can't blame it on COVID. You can't blame it on your family. I don't care if they're good to you or bad to you. You can't blame it on your boss. I don't care if they're good to you or bad to you. You can't blame it on your children. I don't care if they're good to you or bad to you. It is completely and totally your fault if you don't win. The battle is right here in the mind. Either having the mind of Christ or letting the devil have our thoughts. And Isaiah says, uh, and on that day, God will give us a spirit of justice to him that has to sit in judgment, and he will give strength for those who turn back the battle at the gate. 
And that's what we do all day long, every day. Turn that battle back at the gate. Gate comes from the Hebrew word thoughts. And it's a symbol of authority. You are the authority of your life. Jesus is when he came in. But you have to let him be the authority in your life. But the devil will take every thought that he can to torment you. And if you let him into your gate, he has authority of your life. He can do anything he wants to to you. If you let him have your gate, your authority. I want to read you the rest of that scripture because a lot of people don't know this is in there. He will give you the strength to turn back the battle at the gate. But they have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink. They have gone out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. And they're swallowed up by wine. They are gone out of the way through intoxicating drink. How many times do you think he's trying to get this through to us? They err in their vision and they stumble in their judgment. And all their tables are full of vomit and filth and no place is clean. So who's going to teach the people knowledge? Who's going to teach the people knowledge? And you know, alcohol is taking the church world over. There was a day and a time when church people didn't drink. But that day is gone. Very few church people do you meet that believes it's wrong to drink alcohol. But it says right here, the reason is, it's because it it causes you to err in your judgment. And the strongest scripture on that of all is when Jesus said, No drunkard will enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't care if you join the church 50 times and got baptized 100, no drunkard will enter the kingdom of heaven. And if that had been preached more from the pulpits, the world would not be hooked on alcohol. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. All right. Okay, we only got a couple of minutes, so I'm going to go real fast through these scriptures. Psalms 24 says, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory will come in. So you open up your gate to the King of glory, and He will come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. He will help you turn back those evil thoughts right here in your gate so that you can have the mind of Christ and that everything good God says and does for you will come to pass in your life. And Jesus in John 12 said, Now my soul is troubled, and what will I say? Father, deliver me from this hour? No, this is the purpose I came into the earth for this hour. Instead, I say, Father, glorify your name. When you're going through a battle, don't just throw temper tantrums and say, God, get me out of this battle. Say, God, glorify your name. Use this battle in my life to teach me how to have faith, to teach me how to walk in love, to teach me how to obey your word. People, children that never have to learn consequences to their actions grow up horrible people because they think the world owes them. But when we have to learn the consequences to our actions, then we become disciplined people, which is what a disciple of Christ is. So when we get ourselves into a mess, instead of saying, God, don't teach me, teach me through this, glorify your name, teach me, teach me to think like you. And a lot of battles we go through, we didn't do anything to cause them, just like Jesus didn't do anything to cause his. But yet... 
He wanted to glorify God through his battles. Jesus said, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials that are trying you as something strange that happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. For when his glory is revealed, you will be glad with exceeding glory. So when you're going through a battle, go to the Word of God and get the Word of God how to think about that battle. Have the mind of Christ in you and you will come out of that battle with the glory of God in your life. Don't run to people with your problems. Don't run to Facebook. Nothing makes me matter. If you want to see my blood boil, my Irish blood boil, people get on Facebook and trash other people. Because they're mad at them. That is the height of demonic activity. Christians are known by their what? Love. And when you get on Facebook and trash somebody because you're mad at them, you sure are not acting like a Christian. Nobody thinks you are. So when we love your enemy, get the mind of Christ in you. How do you treat your enemies? You love them. Do things for them. Pray for them. Bless them. And so everything that we go through... We can find a scripture to have the mind of Christ. And when we have the mind of Christ in everything we go through, then we're going to have the victory of Christ in everything we go through. The Bible says murmurs and complainers are destroyed by the destroyer. Did you know some of the most godly people I know are murmurs and complainers? I mean, you just be around them five minutes and they, a gripe is coming out that mouth. And that's why Christians don't tend to take seriously. See? But the Bible says when we open our mouth and praise comes out, it empowers us. Power is the... Praise is the power of God. And so if we can have the mind of Christ in us and do it like Jesus did it, and do it like Jesus did it, and one more, I've got... Six minutes. Another huge sin in Christians' lives is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And when we don't forgive people, God cannot forgive us. And so people are walking around thinking that they're these great Christians, deceived, when they're carrying unforgiveness around. Do you know how to know if you've forgiven somebody for something? You don't talk about it anymore. Because if we forgive the way Jesus forgave, have this mind in us. Jesus forgets it and for, forgives it and forgets it when we ask forgiveness. He don't remember it anymore. He don't talk about it anymore. So if we go around talking about something that somebody did to us, we haven't forgiven them. If we haven't forgiven them, we're not right with God. So we got to have the mind of Christ. I'm sorry, this is not a real jumping up and down shouting message this morning. <laughs> But what I want more than anything is for us to walk in victory. Because we can have every single good thing there is if we can think the thoughts of God. In fact, we can have greater things that we can ever imagine if we can think the thoughts of God. So let's make a decision today. I'm going to think the thoughts of God all day long. And let me tell you, before you make that statement... The devil will be sitting on your arm before you get home. Your spouse will make you mad. Somebody leaving this parking lot will make you mad. I have been 
horrified at how some of you guys have treated our parkers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a teacher. I'm a corrector. <laughs> I have just been hard about it. It's how rude some of y'all have been to our parkers who stand out here in the sun and the rain and the cold to help you park and then you're rude to them. So let's take today and let's say, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to leave this church different today. I'm going to leave this place with the mind of Christ. And every battle that I hit, every situation that I have to deal with, I'm going to go straight to the Word of God and find out how Jesus said deal with it. And that's how I'm going to deal with it. And you know what will happen? We'll spend a lot more time in the Bible than we used to. But that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Amen? Okay, Father, I just want to thank you for your word. Thank you that you are God. You're always right. You're always good. And you're all powerful. And we want to be different. We want to have the mind of Christ. We want to think the thoughts of Christ. We want to have the victory of Christ. We want to win every battle. And we want people to see the light shine in us so that they will see our Father which is in heaven and want you. They want, we want them to know we're different. We're not like the world. We don't murmur and complain about everything. We don't talk bad about people we're mad at. We're not rude. We, are, we want to have the mind of Christ and we want to act just like Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us not to be deceived and think we are these great walking around Christians when we're acting more like the devil than we are like you. Help us. Help us, Jesus, to have your thoughts and your mind and to win every battle. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys.